48 and 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. If you've been forged by fire, this message is for you. Hello, everyone. How are y'all tonight? Facebook, YouTube family. Listen, this is Spitting Fire with Keisha's. We're starting off season two, episode number one, with the phenomenal women of Forged by Fire, Built God Tough. What a wonderful way to get this podcast, Spitting Fire with Keisha's, started. No other better way than to have these phenomenal women of Forged by Fire, Bill Gottuff, number one international best-selling authors. The book was released on June 1st, 2021 at 10 a.m. At 10.05, we were bestsellers. So I am elated to bring these ladies to the stage on tonight. We have some phenomenal testimonies that they're going to be talking about. I'm going to be interviewing them. We're going to get down into it. We're going to be transparent and authentic. And we're going to let you know on tonight what it means to be forged by fire and built God tough. So without further ado, we're going to bring to the stage the, the first set of authors in this series, because we got two more coming on um, June 8th and June 10th. But the first set of authors in this series, we're going to bring them to the stage. We're going to introduce them to you. We're going to get into their stories and we're going to let you all know that God still lives. He still reigns. He still sits high and he is still performing miracles on today. So we're going to bring them to the stage. Hey, Robin. Hey, hey, Keetris. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing hey, great. Alicia. Doing great. Hello, everyone. Hello, Alicia. Yes. Talise is in the house. Hey, Talise. Hello, everyone. Hey, Keisha. How are you? Good. Taisha is in the house. Hello, Taisha. Hey, Keetris. How Hello, are you, everyone. Babe? Good. How are you? Doing good. Excited. Excited. Hey, Nicole. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. How you doing? Good. 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 Good to see you. And we have Queen Cole in the building. Hey, Queen Cole. Hey, hey, good evening. Good evening, everyone. And next we have Miss Talisa Dennis Manaway in the building. What's up, Talisa? Hey, y'all, hey. So these are the ladies that we have with us on tonight. We have Robin Goff, we have Alicia Connolly, Nicole Dudley, Taisha Fields, Talise Carraway, we got Queen Cole and Talisa Dennis Manaway. This is the first set of women that we are interviewing from Forged by Fire, Built God Tough. These are the number one 
international best-selling authors of Forged by Fire, Built God Tough. So y'all going to give it up for yourselves because this is this is awesome. Now I'm gonna yes. a magnanimous job with this um with this project. I am so honored to have been your visionary to help you bring this baby to birth, to birth this baby. This has been a phenomenal journey. I am so grateful. I'm humbled by God, and it has it was just amazing. We built a wonderful sisterhood, and what better way to kick off the second season of Spitting Fire with Keatris? Than with my co-authors of Forged by Fire, Bill Got Tough. So we're not gonna hold, we're not gonna hold y'all all night. We're gonna get into these interviews. We're gonna talk to these ladies about um about their story. And I have some questions that I'm gonna ask them. And we're gonna start off with, let me see who I want to start off with. Let's start off with Miss Taisha. Come on to the front, uh, Miss Taisha. Let me talk to you for just a few minutes about yes, your story. So um, before we get into it, tell the people just a little bit about who Taisha is. So I am Taisha Brewer-Fields. I am first and foremost a child and servant of God because um, I don't do anything without the instruction from God. Um, I am a mental health advocate currently in school working on a behavioral health um, bachelor's degree, and I am also a mother and wife. Wonderful, wonderful. So you're in school. Congratulations on working on that bachelor's degree. Girl, we pushing you. We pushing you. We pushing Thank you. You're going to do that thing. <laughs> yes. So um, let me ask you, what made you decide? to sign up for this project so i was scrolling on my instagram which i really never get on um but for some reason that day i was on um and i seen your post and i couldn't even remember how we got connected or became friends on instagram so it it that let me know then that that was god um I had just went through my being forged in the fire moment. So that right there was giving me a chance to get my voice back. Wonderful. So I heard you say that you had just gone through your forged in the fire moment. And I'm looking at your story and the title of your chapter is From Prison to Purpose. So elaborate just a little bit um, for us on that title, From Prison to Purpose. What does that mean? Um, so God gave me that title. Um, it's been a little while now before my process even. So I was thinking that he was giving it to me for someone else because I have a few people asking me for help on writing books and stuff because I had never been to prison. So I'm like, okay, this can't be for me. Maybe this is for, you know, so the person that asked me that had been in prison. And um, she was like, no, God already gave me a title. So I was like, okay, well then um, the beginning of this year, I had a mental relapse and which caused me to be hospitalized. And that to me at first, that just felt like being in prison until I understood that I was there for a purpose and it, and accepted the assignment from God that I was on in that time. 
Wow. So what I just heard you say is that you accepted the assignment from God that you were on at that time and that being in a mental institution felt like prison. But then you also said that there was purpose in that. Mm -hmm. What purpose could could God have had for you being in a mental institution? What purpose could he have had for you? Um, so like I said, I didn't see it before. And that's when it felt like the prison. Um, but it was, it was people in there coming in that just couldn't take it. And it was like, he was speaking to them through me. So he would let me know, I have you forged in this fire for a reason. And even, and one of those reasons is even when I came out was for me to, um, start my next level purpose on the journey that he has me on with mental health. Wow. So I hear you saying that you had a purpose and you started reaching out to people while you were there. And so in your in your chapter, I remember reading um, how you likened that to Paul being in prison and Paul being in that prison for a purpose and how he was, you know, it looked like he was just locked up and it probably like, you know, they locked me up. They're not, they not going to let me out. But at the same time, when um, Paul prayed and cried out to God, the prison shook. Not only was Paul freed, but the, the, the jailer was freed and the people that were in prison were, were freed as well. So am I hearing you say that you being um, in that mental place at that time, though it seemed like it was prison, you also helped some other people come out while you were there? Exactly. I helped some other people come out while I was there as well as God working on me while I was in there. Because like I said, I had went through a mental relapse. So I had went through the depression and everything again. So while I was there being forged in that fire, God was purifying me from all of that. Now, that's amazing. So so sometimes in, in our lives, we we find ourselves in positions that we think there is no hope there. You know, why is this happening to me? Why am I here? But at the same time, we have to know and understand that everything that happens to us is not uh, uh, literally about us, but some other people that we're going to be connected to. Taisha, I commend you for sharing this this story with the world because you know there's a stigma that's attached to people that um have mental illness. There's a stigma that's attached to people. You know, people look at them different. Oh, she, you know, there's a little bit something wrong with her. Oh, she's a little bit touched. But at the mm -hmm. same time. At the same time, God has a purpose in every fire that he puts us in. And we as a society have to stop looking at people saying, you know, uh, there's something a little off about her. No, at the same time, God utilizes every fire that we go through to help somebody else come out the fire. So I commend you, Taisha, for being brave enough, for being authentic and transparent enough to share this story, to share your, your journey with the world and let people know that even though I have this diagnosis, God still has something for me to do. God still has something for you to do. If you're watching this show and you're battling with a mental illness or you're battling with depression, anxiety, whatever that may be, God still has a purpose and a plan for you. He can utilize that fire that you're in to help bring somebody else out. So kudos to you, Taisha, for sharing that with us. That's right, teachers. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I am grateful that you said yes to yourself and you say yes to God and you keep saying yes. Amen.
what a testimony what a testimony um for somebody to be able to come out of the shadows and share that they are uh, having problems with you know mental issues but we can band together as as a as a unified front with them and let them know that god still has a purpose for you don't count them out because they're battling with some type of diagnosis we all are battling with something because none of us have arrived we all are battling with something. So let's always know that, you know, we can come together and we can help one another out. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Now, let me see who I want to bring up, talk to. I think I want to talk to Miss Talisa Dennis Manaway, all the way from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Come on in here, Talisa. <laughs> How are you? Unmute yourself. There you go. There you go. There you go. How are you? I am great, girl. How are you? Doing good, Talisa. Glad to see you on this evening. So let me ask you, what um what made you say yes to this project? It was definitely a God thing. I was going on one of my classmates' pages to get information about her book. And I saw your uh, call for authors. And I'm like, I saw the, the first thing I saw was the fire. I didn't even see your face first. And then I saw your face. I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and message her. I'm gonna go ahead and message her. And then I'm gonna go ahead and take a shower. She'll probably get back with me in the morning. But I took a shower, came back and he was like, call me now. And I'm like, okay and we didn't get off the phone at like two in the morning so i knew that that was a god thing for one i'm not up at that hour i'll go to bed with the chickens and i wake up with the chickens so i knew definitely that that was a god thing because i go to bed at night i do i love my sleep yes yeah i i remember you you uh in my messenger about 12 o'clock and saying you know you want to hear a little bit more about it and um uh, i was like all right then call me right now and you know that was that was strange for me as well because everybody that knows me know I take it down at about seven thirty or eight o'clock, baby. And if you get in my way, you might want to call the ambulance because uh, I, I like to get my rest in. But yeah, and we stayed on the phone to two a.m. and 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 talking to you was just like um I had known you all my life, even though we were just on the phone for a couple hours. So our sisterhood was forged right then. So um, if somebody had to ask you, who is Talisa Manaway? What would you say? Who is Talisa Manaway? I'm a survivor. I'm a child That's epic. God. I'm a mother and a caretaker. But more important, not in a certain order, but I'm a child of God, then a survivor. Because there are so many things that should have took me out. Nobody, nobody bounces back from the things that i've gone through a lot of people don't bounce back and i'm just grateful i'm just i'm just grateful that he chose me you know i'm just grateful that i'm still here amen that's epic the words you the first words you used to describe yourself was survivor that means you don't fall through some stuff and you still standing to tell the people that even though i was forged in the fire i don't look like what i've been through Yes, I don't God. smell like smoke. My hair not burned. My clothes ain't singed. I'm standing here right here today to testify to you that if you go through like a soldier, you know what I'm talking about, like God wants us to go through, the end result 
is this type of stuff right here. The end result is you coming before the world, telling the world that you are a survivor. All thanks be to the great God that we serve. Amen. 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 So, so I'm looking at I'm looking at your story, and and the, and the title of your chapter is "Forge Rain, Overcoming the Unbearable Cry." And I'm gonna read just a little bit of of what what caught my eye when I read your story, and and when I finish read, then I want you to elaborate a little bit on on what this means to you. It says, "I fought to stay alive." for what was meant to kill my existence. My insides ripped out like carnage from animals feasting. I wept secretly for years, not knowing what to say. So I kept quiet in silence while deafening music blared inside my mind. I fought for my sanity, body and spirit. Elaborate on that. Well, because of some of the things that I had gone through, you know, with the hand that we were dealt, sometimes you just got to play the hand that you were dealt, period. And because of the hand that my parents were dealt, I just had to play my hand. So I felt like because my mom was under the stress of my brother dying from cancer, my dad was under stress from providing for the family. Just imagine how hard it would be with my dad trying to keep up two households at the same time with one job. You know, so he had that stress. And then he was making sure that I had what I needed. So both of my parents were stressed. I couldn't talk to my brother at the time because he was dying. I didn't want to stress him out. So I fought with everything I had just to keep my sanity. Because then, you know, what happened to your house stays in your house. So I couldn't confide in anybody else because of how I was raised. But I'm here to tell you that what goes on in his house stays, stays in his house. That is the most unintelligent statement that could have ever been made because that's how family curses start and stay in the family so i'm the one that's bold enough to to say what it is that i've gone through because if satan and i've said this before if satan can keep you guilty and ashamed he got you i'm not guilty and i'm not ashamed anymore you know, so I mean, I just about. had to play the hand that I was dealt. I didn't want to put a lot of stress on my mom. I didn't want to put a lot of stress on my dad. And at that time, my brother and I were like best friends. And I'm looking at how he went from healthy to near death. And I couldn't confide in him. And I was told what goes on in his house stays in his house. So I was literally fighting for my sanity. Wow, it's amazing that you you even bring that to the forefront because we have been, you know, for so many years, we've been locked in with that very statement, what goes on in this house stays in this house. And it has caused a lot of people to go to their grave early because they're trying to hold on to secrets and stress is killing them and and they're trying to they're trying to keep it all together because they don't want to expose this one and they don't want to expose that one and at the same time you're dying on the inside silently and nobody knows what's going on with you and then the ones that don't die on the inside silently or the ones that don't die are early death they go on to hurt other people because hurt people hurt people. Nobody feels like they have anybody to confide in. And then at the same time, when you do confide in certain people, they don't keep it. They put it out on the road and then everybody's looking at you like, oh, she lying or oh, she got issues or oh, that didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? 
So it behooves us to get this stuff up out of us so that we can heal, so that we can help somebody else to heal. Because believe it or not, the, the stuff you survived, the stuff you went through, your story is somebody else's survival guide. So go ahead and tell it, you know, and, and let me just say this. Christian people, quote unquote, have it bad about y'all don't tell your business. We don't want we, we don't want. Listen, the Bible was written start from Genesis to Revelation. And there are so many stories that, that are in that book that people today would probably say, don't tell that. Oh, don't tell that your brother raped you. That's all in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Oh, don't don't tell that you that you um you had an affair with somebody else's husband. That's all in the Bible. And God allowed those stories to be written to set a set a path for us for us to be transparent and authentic as well. So we got to stop hiding this stuff. We got to stop carrying this stuff around, and and we got to use it for the benefit of uh of of allowing it to help somebody else know that God brought me through this. And he can bring you through this as well. So then we've got to get it in our mind that, you know, this story isn't for me. It happened to me. But now it's time for me to share it. Now it's time for me to be able to tell somebody else, look, young woman, I was raped. I was molested. I have a diagnosis of anxiety. I have a diagnosis of depression. My husband cheated on me. I cheated on my husband. Whatever the case may be, it's time for us to start being transparent, authentic, so we can help somebody else come out of the mess that they are in. The mess that we come out of carries a message for us today to give to somebody else, to give them hope and a future. So I, I congratulate you for saying yes to yourself, Talisa. I congratulate you for saying yes to God. I congratulate you for, for being woman enough, for being bold enough to be authentic and transparent in your story, to let to let to let people know that yeah, I was I was a third grader and I had to learn how to fend for myself. I went through all of this, but now I'm standing strong to help somebody else that may be going through this. I'm saying I'm standing strong. God brought me up out of the fire. He forged me in this fire. He has built me God tough. And I can help somebody else know and see. That just like I said in the beginning, God still reigns. God is still on the throne. He's still performing miracles. He's still forging people in the fire and he's still bringing them out. Built God tough. So I commend you to Lisa for sharing that story with us. Forged rain. Kudos to you. My thank sister for life. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, um. Facebook, YouTube, wherever y'all watch, I hope y'all are enjoying this. I hope it is that that these ladies are saying something to you that that's striking you in your heart to let you know that look, it's time to tell your story. It's time to stop holding all of that in. There are some women out here who are ready to support you, who are ready to help you on your journey, who are not going to look at you side eye, who are not going to say, "Oh, I can't believe you did that." No, there are some real women of God who are out here doing this thing the way God has ordained for us to do this thing. And we're ready for you to come aboard. My next uh, author I'm going to bring to the stage is Miss Nicole R. Dudley, all the way from Hammond, Louisiana. Welcome, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, Nicole. So glad to see you. And I'm so glad you decided to take this journey. So 
What made you say yes to Forge by Fire, Built God Tough? Well, what made me say yes was what I've been through. And it seems like every time God takes me through the fire, he tells me to write about it. And so I had just went through the fiery, been in the fiery furnace in December. And I was just like, Lord, you want me to tell my story. I don't know how you want me to do it. I don't know when you want me to do it, but I know you want me to tell it. And when you messaged me, I was just like, God, this must be you. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to put it out there. So that's what made me say yes. And I'm so glad that you decided to say yes. And I'm looking at your story, Nicole. But before I, before I, before I go to your story, just um, tell the people a little bit about who Nicole Dudley is. <sighs> Nicole R. Dudley is relentless. That's wow. that's what I am. Wow. I have been through so much in my life. I thought I would keep my skeletons locked up in my closet, but I said no. I decided to share them to help women come out of their dark place. So that that's who I am. That's who I am. Of course, I love the Lord. Of course, I am his servant. I'm doing this because I am his servant. I'm airing out my quote unquote dirty laundry because I am his servant, because I want to see his daughters healed. Because there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, when I'm paraphrasing, but when you've come out, you need to go back and strengthen your brothers. So my stories are me going back to get someone else to help pull them out. Wow, that's amazing. That's Nicole. Wow. I, commend you for that. I commend you for that. And the words you used to describe yourself was relentless, which means you are unstoppable, which means that you are not letting anything or anybody stop you from walking in your preordained purpose that God that God called for from the foundation of the world. That speaks <laughs> volumes. That speaks volumes that you are opening up your mouth and you are saying something that you are letting people know that God has delivered me. The enemy wants to kill me. The enemy has set out to destroy me, but because of who I serve, I am unrelenting. I am relentless and I'm going to fight this battle with everything that God has placed in me. And when that strength is gone, when I'm weak, God said he will strengthen me all the more and I'm on this course to stay. That's what I heard yeah. you say. That's what I heard you say. You about to take me to church. I'm going to try to get myself together <laughs> because we, we got some more authors that we got to go through. But when I, when I hear a woman of God say that I am relentless See, see, we as women have been beat down for so long and we have been put in this box for so long and we have been told that we just supposed to, you know, get married, take care of the house, have the kids, wash the dishes, run the bath water and don't say nothing. But those days are over. God is calling women to the forefront to yep. pronounce who he is, to let, let people know that, yeah, he lives in me and mm. I come to put the devil's kingdom to shame. I commend you. Or even being bold enough to say that you're relentless and to be a woman of God as well, 
let me tell you something. There ain't no devil in hell that can stop you, baby. The devil don't try to stop. He don't try to do all kind of things to you from the time you even set mm -hmm. foot in this earth realm. He has been after you, but I come to serve notice on the devil today that he can't have you and he can't have none of y'all, nobody that's connected to me. I proclaim, declare, decree that we will be what God said that we will be. Yeah, My God yeah. today. All right now. All, all right, baby. Y'all, let me tell you. This this right here is what forged by fire built God tough is all about. This right here is what it's all about. Nicole, the title of your chapter is Faith Under Fire, which speaks volumes within itself. Faith under fire. Elaborate on that title for me. Well, before I elaborate, I want to start off by saying today is my two-year anniversary of having brain surgery. So what that's what say? started the whole faith in the fire in the first place. You so say two today? Years ago, today? Today, June third. Today. Mm -hmm. Do you see how this thing has come full circle? And I know you' about to talk, but I'm, I'm let you talk. But do you see how this thing has come full circle? That on today, yeah. and I had no clue yeah. that today was would be the day. But God already knew. God already knew, and mm -hmm. he has brought this thing full circle. Just showing us that he still sits high. He's still reigning supreme, and there ain't no other name by which men can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Mm. So Facebook might want to block that out, but as long as I live, I'm going to call that name. Go on talk, Nicole. Go on talk. <laughs> so faith under fire is all about what I went through last year in December. So real quick, December 4th, 2020, I was feeling sick. And so I had this really bad headache. And by 1030, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to go to the hospital. I ended up passing out. I woke up the next day in ICU, monitors all strapped to my body, and I was in the hospital for three weeks. And so what ended up happening was when I had my brain surgery two years ago, they placed a VP shunt on my brain to regulate the cerebral spinal fluid that had been leaking out of my nose since 2018. And so with that VP shunt, I'm not supposed to have any more cerebral spinal fluid leaks, but come to find out that something happened with the shunt and I ended up having two more leaks. And so my brain was deprived of cerebral spinal fluid, which was causing all of the headaches. And so I went through a phase where I wanted to give up. My body was all bruised because of the medicine they were giving me, the IVs that they were giving me my spine was all messed up because they kept going in my putting tubes in my spine and I told the Lord I was like Lord I think I, I want to give up I can't take this anymore I'm tired and the minute I said I was tired that's when the Holy Spirit showed up in my room <laughs> so teachers I don't know if it's okay to share this part but I'm, I'm not lying to y'all I saw angels encamp my bed in that hospital. No. I did. I described them in the book and I'm just laying there and I'm looking at them. They were, they had an all white, they were 
the tall, their wings overlap of their wings touched each other and it's like it made a cocoon around me and I'm just looking and I just started to worship the Lord and I'm just laying there and I'm like you got me covered you got me covered and I had a um, EEG monitor on my head or monitoring my brain overnight and so the next day the neurologist comes in and she says Nicole nobody has ever slept that good in a hospital before and I told her, I was like, ma'am, I wasn't asleep. I was up all night worship. I'm not lying. I was up all night. And the minute she said that, she was like, you were in a deep sleep. And that's when the Lord reminded me of Psalms 91, they that dwell in the secret place. And I was just like, so that's what it's like to be in the secret place. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need to tell people about this. I need to If you're dealing with cancer, if you're dealing with any type of terminal illness that you can have faith under fire, you can rest in that secret place. So that's, I'm getting chill, but that's why I wrote Faith Under Fire. My God today, that's why you, oh Jesus, right, why you wrote Faith Under Fire. And then you likened it to Psalms 91. And this is what it's like to be in the secret place. When I tell you hmm, the word of God is true. Every single word of God is true. And if you are obedient to his voice, he will shield you. He will take care of you. And it may look like you want to give up and you may feel like you want to give up. But at that moment in time when you are at your weakest, that's when he tells you, my child, my strength is here. I will lift you up. I will cocoon you. I will take care of you. I will shield you from anything that the enemy has ever desired to send your way to take you out. God will shield us. He takes care of his own. My God, I'm trying to keep it together over here. I'm trying to keep it together, but that's what faith under fire is all about. Not the fact that we're so good and we're, you know, we got it all together. Things happen to us. Even us being saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, things still happen to us. But we have to know and understand who our God is. We got to, we can't just quote these scriptures. We can't just recite these scriptures. This has to be on the inside. This has to be in our heart. And that's what being forged by fire is all about. And when you come out of troubles, trials, and tribulations, like the one Nicole just got through talking about, that's when you're built God tough. That's when you tell the enemy, you can bring whatever you want to bring my way. But I serve a God that's shielding me. Yeah, you're going to shoot the fiery darts, but they're going to have to fall before they get to me. That's the God we serve. That's why we tell these testimonies. That's why we put this type of stuff out. No, it ain't because we want to shine and we want to be in the limelight. That ain't what this is about. I want God to shine and him to be in the limelight and his glory to be seen from the one end of the world to the other end of the world. Because whether we know it or not, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, we are living in the last days. And God said that his word would go around the world, all nations, before he comes back. So if this is the mechanism that he's utilizing for us to do that, then that's what we're going to do. And that's what these stories are about. 
this ain't just because we want to become number one international bestsellers. That was something God attached to it because we were obedient to his voice. That was just a reward. That was just something he attached extra because he said, if you seek him first, if you seek his kingdom and all his righteousness, he said, then all these other things will be added unto you. So there ain't nothing that we can ask that's within the will of God that he won't give us because we are obedient to the voice of God. Nicole, I commend you for sharing that story of healing, that God is still performing miracles. And Thank even you. though they were poking and prodding on you, there was a reason behind all of that. You're standing strong today, my sister. You don't look like what you've been through. You don't smell like the smoke you come out of. You got a smile yeah. on your face. And you might have your, you know, this side um, this side hanging and this side shaved, but baby, you're looking good. You understand what I'm saying? You're looking good. That's the glory of Thank God. You. And that is why we tell these stories. Oh, you can't tell me what God won't do. You can't tell me what he won't bring you through. You can't tell me that he's not still performing miracles because he is. We are all miracles. We are all standing here today to testify that God still reigns supreme. He still sits on the throne and there ain't nobody else like him. Thank you, Nicole R. Dudley. Now, I want to bring Miss Robin Goff to the stage. Come on up, Miss Robin, and talk to us for a little while. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing great. Hello, Keatris. Good to have you, Robin, all the way from Hammond, Louisiana, by way of Picayune, Mississippi. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Picayune, Mississippi. A little small dot on the map. If you That's blink, all right. you might miss it, but it's there. That's all right. Look what Picayune yielded, Miss Robin Goff. Tell us who Robin is. Well, Robin Goff is a person that really cares about other people. Um, so much to, to say that for years, and even now, I put others ahead of me because that's just the person that I am. Even if it causes me hurt, if even if it causes me pain, I don't want to see the other person hurt. So a lot of times I will put the other person ahead of me. But I am also the mother of two girls. Um, I enjoy, uh, I'm an educator. I've been an educator for 16 years. I enjoy educating. I enjoy uh, really just helping my students and being there for them and not just teaching them academically. But if you can reach the child other than academically, first you got to reach them socially, emotionally, mentally. So I enjoy reaching out to my students. But I also have this side of me that I've had to learn how to love myself. And until that time that I was, when I wasn't able to love myself, when I didn't even realize that I wasn't loving myself, which I thought I was, I got on the road where it caused me to fall into a, a hard journey, a long path that I didn't even realize what was going on. But by being forged in the fire, you know, it changed, it transformed my life, my mind, my everything. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I barely can contain myself uh, today because it's been such a great journey for me. You know, writing this chapter, 
even up until this time. Like you said, it's not just about becoming a number one international bestseller, but it's been a change in my life. It's been a healing process for me. It's been me realizing, hey, you've got this baggage that's been there for years and you didn't even know it was there. And so that's what being forged in the fire was about. But yeah, he could have took me out of that fire, but I wouldn't have been transformed. I would have been the same person. I wouldn't have been the person that now loves myself. It, I wouldn't have been the person that now I know how to forgive, even when others don't ask for forgiveness. I know what it means to find, not try to find happiness in other people, but you got to find, ladies, you got to find happiness in yourself and not look for happiness in someone else. And the only person that's going to help you to do that is the almighty what you say you just took a song down through that didn't you robin golf all the way from hammond louisiana I, by I, way I of picture i did <laughs> you preach that thing that's that's good that's good though um so let me ask you what what made you say yes to the project well I already knew that um, I had a story to tell that I wanted to share with others that I want. I've always been the person that I want to make a difference in somebody else's life. If I can do something to help somebody else, then I want to be able to do that. And so I knew that there was a story that the almighty that God was really dealing with me to share. But I didn't know how to go about to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, I published my own book. Like, I, you know, I was procrastinating. And then one day your baby sister came along, Nika, and she introduced me to what you were doing, that like you were reaching out to women to share their stories. And you reached out, you know, I reached out to you, you reached out to me. But there was this thing on the inside of me that I knew it was time to give birth. You know, even though I wanted to avoid it, I tried to put it off, but it was time. It was my season to do this. And so I couldn't help but to say yes to the calling because when 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 God is, you can run, but you can't hide. When God is working with you, when God is dealing with you, you can't do anything but to say yes before you can even go forward with your life. And so I, it, it wasn't by choice, but in the end, I know it not only helped me, but it's going to touch so many other lives. And that's what it's about. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I give you shout a shout out for um, being transparent in your story, because you deal with something in your story that a lot of women wouldn't deal with. They wouldn't put themselves out there like that because they wouldn't want people to know their skeletons. They don't want people to know their dirty laundry. A lot of times we want to keep this facade and this mirage of I got it all together instead of really letting letting the truth be known that no, I don't have it all together. Yes, I fell off the wagon. I messed up, but I have been restored by the almighty God. So I commend you for being transparent in your story. And the title of your chapter is Broken Aid. And I'm gonna read just a snippet of what you say in this, um, in, in some of your chapter. And then I want you to elaborate just a little bit on this. It says, I was broken beyond repair, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. I had frequent thoughts of suicide. I should be living my life like it's golden. Instead, 
I found myself battling demons I allowed to attach to my soul. Elaborate on that. All of that is what I felt and what I went through because I I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Instead of trying to find my comfort in in God, you know, I I look for my comfort in men uh, because I just I wanted to be loved. Like I didn't know what it felt like to actually to be loved by uh, someone of the opposite sex, you know, because my father didn't give me that I realized later on, he didn't give me that love as a little girl. So I look for that love in men. And because I look for that love in men, it took me down that road. And to the point that I felt worthless, that I didn't have anything to give. Uh, I felt rejected. I felt like I had no purpose. And why even live any longer? But when I cried out to my father, what I'm talking saying? about the almighty God. When I cried out to him, because sometimes, you know, he'll let you sit there and you, you crying out to everybody else but him. And when I cried out to him, that's when he delivered me. And he, he let me know I had a purpose. I had a reason that I was loved and that he had a plan for my life, not the plan that I was trying to make for my own life, but the plan that he had for me when I was even in my mother's womb, when I was yes. conceived before I was even born, that he had that plan for me, that yes. I was called and I was chosen and I needed to be about my father's business and I <laughs> needed to get up and I needed to wipe those tears and I I need to say, come on, you can do this. Get out of this. Get out of this self-pity. Get out of this looking for your validation in men because that's not where you're going to find your validation. You're going to find your validation in the almighty God. And so I just praise him for bringing me out. Total transformation. Total. What you say up in here. Now, you just preached a whole sermon, and it's something that we as women need to hear because we always, women have this thing of looking for validation from everybody but God. We want people to accept us. We want to be accepted. And then we, what we do, we go, we go looking for, for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong faces. I know because I was the same way it happened to me. No, I ain't been saved all my life. And even after I got saved, I was still looking for validation in somebody else's face and not God's. But when you get to the place that you know who he is and you know that you really belong to him, baby, that's all the validation you need. Robin, you better keep talking about that. You keep telling that story because so many women need to hear that. You are enough. God made you the way he wanted you to be. Stop looking for validation in other people and look for look for what 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 God has already given you, which is he himself. He created you. He shaped you. He formed you. He molded you. He didn't make no mistake when he made you. He knew exactly what he was doing when he formed you. Whether you have long hair, kinky hair, straight hair, whatever it is, God formed you and made you to be that. So you walk high in that and you know that you are of the royal priesthood. 
You are a chosen generation. No matter what anybody else says, you always remember what God says about you. You are enough. Baby, you done lit a fire up in here. Let me tell you something. Yes, praise him. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right there. And that's why we have these type of, of conversations. And that's why we have these type of anthologies. It's for people to be and for people to be renewed and for people to know that you can be pulled up out of the gutter and God ain't sitting so high that he can't reach down and pull you up out of whatever it is you in. That's what this is about. Kudos to you, Robin, for being transparent and authentic. Next, coming to the stage. Coming to the stage. Y'all ready? Who am I calling next? Talise Caraway, come to the stage. <laughs> Hello, my Hello. friend. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Tell the people who Talise is. I'm an overcomer. Um, what you say? That was, everything that was meant to take me out um, from childhood, not just the story that I gave and forced by fire, but just everything, um, troubled marriage, um, being bullied, being the enemy attacking my children. Just when I thought I was about to lose my mind, I stand here as an overcomer. I know it's by the grace of God that I'm here. Powerful that you say you are an overcomer. That whatever the enemy sent your way to take you out came to not. Because you are a child of God and because you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior, you are an overcomer. That's amazing. That is amazing. What made you say yes to this project, Elise? I said yes because, of course, two, well, yeah, a few months or whatever before, um, <laughs> before the book, before I saw your post, the Lord starts, he told me to begin to write. So I began to write. Of course, I thought I was just journaling. Of course, it wasn't just journaling. Um, God gave me the okay to reach out to you. Um, when I reached out to you, for one, I love transparency. Um, my husband and I are marriage counselors. However, I do believe that how can you help someone if your marriage have not been tried and proven? And so part of my story in the anthology is my husband being sick. And now I'm having to honor that vow through sickness and health. Um, that one was a little hard for me because like I've shared before, growing up, I had this romantic vision of marriage. Um, I didn't see it right in my home. Um, my mom was married, but she got divorced early. So I never knew what this looked like. Um, so I, I struggled in the process because I wanted control. I thought that you know, all the prayers that we were praying for him to be healed. I thought that God was going to do it because he had already given me to go ahead to, to start this business, leave this job. I got you. And then I'm like, Lord, we back at this again. And so during the process, I, I broke down. I never knew how someone felt when they said, I, I felt like I was, um, need to be admitted in the, in the crazy house, or I felt like I was losing my mind. Um, to the point of, I didn't have suicidal thoughts. Um, I just wanted the Lord to just take me, like just call me home. Um, 
that's the best way I can describe it because they didn't, it didn't help me to just want to take my life. I didn't have that kind of courage or anything. I just wanted to leave. I was raising, still raising my two-year-old granddaughter, homeschooling my son and still in the house with my husband with a neck brace on and praying. And, and each time, every day up until the book come, got released, he was still fighting seizures but never actually went into one. And so that was my praise report, to say the least. But one day, um, on doing that breakdown, you went live on Spin Fire with Keatris. i never forget it. And as soon as I cut my phone on, I balled up in this chair, and I cut the phone on, and there you were, and you was like, I don't know who this for. And I've never seen you in tears. I, I knew it was the Lord. And you was just basically like, don't give up. You cannot give up. And that was it for me. And I, I told the Lord I was tired. And he was like, now you're where I want you. Now I can do something with you. You still, because you can't control the situation, you make it make you lose your mind. I need your faith in me. I need you to be still, like I told you before, be still and know that I am God. And so from that, that day listening to you, I got my strength back. I did cry out to God. Um like never before, Lord knows. But I got my strength back and my faith was forced to this, if anything else. But I I, I stand here and I say yes, because I want to help someone. It may not be a husband that's sick. It could be a parent. It could be your child. That it is, it takes the Lord. It takes the Lord and it takes you being prayerful and not just quoting the Bible. You got to have the word on the inside of you so it can come up. And that's what that's what this process did for me. Yes, I do it over again, all over again, because it was worth it. And I and in it also, my identity um, was very insecure. Still struggle with some of it. I will be honest and tell you, I'm not a hundred percent there, but I know who's on the inside of me, and I know whose I am, and I know He hears the prayer of the righteous, and I know I can go before Him boldly. So. I thank you. I thank you for being a visionary, but that's my, that's why I said yes. Praise God. You know, this, this, this speaks volumes simply because I all, and I've told you guys this, even on Zooms, when God tells you to do something, you do it. You be obedient to God's voice. And I don't care how strange it may sound. I don't care how crazy it looks. If God says to you to do something, you do it. And I say that to say this, the day she's talking about that I went live, I was in the mirror getting ready to do my hair. And I, when I tell y'all this Afro was all over my head, it was all over my head. And he explicitly, explicitly said to me, go live. And I said, God, my hair all over my head. I couldn't get on the camera like this. And he said, I said to go live and I did. And I, I felt it, I just, I felt it that somebody was at the point of breaking and giving up. And I can remember him saying to me to say, don't tap out, don't give up. And that's the day she's talking about. I had no clue she was at that level. I didn't know nothing about all that. All I know is I heard God speak to me and he said, go live and you're going to say this. And that's what I did. So I said all that to say, you have to be obedient to God's voice. Doesn't matter what it smells like. Look, it don't matter. 
If he tell you to pick up this cup and go in there and put it in that bathroom, bring that cup out and take it in the kitchen and go out there and put it on that trampoline, you better do what God said do because there is something in it. There's something in it. You may not understand what it is, but you do what God say do. Thank you so much, Talise, for that testimony. And the title of your chapter is Through Sickness and Health. And, and when I read that, so often, you know, you, you see you see the you see the marriage day and you see the beautiful gown and you see the, the man dressed and, and, and you see the people and they're smiling and everybody is beautiful and you got the cake and, and you got your champagne glass and you're doing your, your first dance and it's just all glorious and magnificent. But so oftentimes people are getting married for that day and they're not getting married for what's to come behind that. And for you to write this story about through sickness and in health, it really brought it home. It really, it really knocked the ball out the ballpark for us to know and understand that marriage ain't just about that day you get married. You got a whole lot of days that's coming behind that. And so we have a, we have allowed society and we have allowed media to put these grandiose ideas in our mind about what marriage is and what it should look like. And then when the work comes, so many people just toss in the towel and say, I can't do this no more. Oh, I didn't expect for my husband to be sick. Oh, I expected for him to be the breadwinner and I expected for him to be able to go all out for my family. But now I find this weight on my shoulder, God, and what do I do with this? So I commend you for being transparent and authentic and letting people know that after the wedding day and after the vows and after I say through sickness and in health, for better or for worse, do I really mean that? But you show us today, you stand tall and you show us today that yes, I had to go back to God because I couldn't do it anymore. And I had to tell him, God, you have got to strengthen me. And once God strengthens you, you can do everything that he said you could do. You could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that is why we tell these stories. That is why we give these testimonies. It's to let you know that it ain't in our strength. It's not in us, but it's in the God we serve. But when we are weak, he's made strong. So Talisa, I commend you. I commend you for sharing that story with us, being transparent and letting people know that, hey, I got balled down. I felt like I couldn't carry on, but God. Thank you so much for that. Facebook, YouTube, wherever y'all watching from, I hope these stories are helping you guys. I hope you're getting something out of this that you can know that God does have a hope and a future for you. That no matter what condition you are in right now, that God can bring you out. It may seem like you don't have a way out, but Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the I am the life. I it's all in him. And when you submit to God and when you allow him to take control of your life, you relinquish control and take your hands off, baby, he will put you in places you never thought you would be. I'm telling you, I'm a living witness that he'll do it for you. And we got our next author coming to the stage. I think we got two left. Who am I call? Who am I call? Who am I call? Queen Cole, come to the stage right now. <laughs> What's up, Queen Cole? 
Hey, hey, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever everybody is at. How are yes, you? Yes, good to have you by way of Dallas, Texas. Tell us who Queen Cole is. Uh, Queen Cole, I am light and love and motion. So wherever I am, so is the Lord. So uh, that's that's who I am. I'm light and love and motion. What you say? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Queen Cole, your chapter. <laughs> oh, Lord. Maybe let me tell you. Ring of fire. Ring of fire. Now, um, before you start talking, I got I got a little snippet I want to read, baby. Because listen, let me tell you. You went through something that the average woman, I'm talking about me. I'm going to talk about me. I ain't going to talk about the average woman. I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to tell you right now, Queen Cole, I'll probably be dead or in jail. I'm just going to leave it like that, okay? God know who to give the trial to. God know who can, and God know who can. And he, yeah. he knew old T's couldn't handle it, baby. So I commend you for, 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 for going through the ring of fire and being able to sit here on spitting fire with teachers and tell us about the ring of fire, baby. Let me read this right here. I quickly start walking fast as possible with heels on. I hear my name being called. I know the voice but I don't stop. I duck into an alleyway between the buildings. I can hear footsteps, my name being called and expletives being yelled. He passes the alleyway, doesn't see me and heads back toward the party. I stay as quiet as possible. My heart and head were pounding. I really had no plan at this point. I peeked out and I didn't see him. So I proceeded to head in the opposite direction. Finally, a moment to think about what's next and where to go. Suddenly, I get grabbed from behind. Talk about it. We can't hear you, babe. Just joking. I'm back now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this particular situation, uh, I, I was married for 17 years, so I had a lot of instances to talk about, and I couldn't really figure out like which one. And I have an innate ability to block things out. If I just don't think about it, I'm just block it out. And as I was editing, because uh, the chapters were only supposed to be a thousand words and I had 1800 and I'm like, I got to shrink this down. So this particular incident um, happened and some things I couldn't really remember. So I had it to sub a little bit on it. But uh, yeah, this was the ring of fire. This was an incident where I had to where I attempted to get away, call myself getting away from a situation that I didn't. Wow. But you did, because you're here today. That's right. That's you right. Hear, you I mean, hear me? Yeah. You are here today. You understand? And so, so a lot of women suffer in silence. A lot of women go through what you come out of. 
Some never make it out, baby. You standing yeah. tall today. You were forged in the fire. You will build God tough because you came out of it. So when you when when you titled your chapter Ring of Fire, elaborate on that on, on that on that title, Ring of Fire. Elaborate on that for us just a little bit. Yeah, when I saw that you said the name of the anthology, I was like, what can I talk about? I mean, I was a young bride. I got married at 18. So for all my adult life, I was married. So what can I talk about? I'm like, the ring, the ring. And I even talk about it in my chapter that I wore my wedding ring for one year after I was divorced. Like, what? Who does that? Like, you're not married, but the ring really had me uh, had me bound to a lot of things. Uh, and it had me saying and doing things that uh, were not of the Lord. And I talk about it in a chapter, uh, some things that I said and uh, did that were not of the Lord. And he really had to put me through that fire. I mean, I'm much better now. I'm, I'm so much better now than I was before. I was probably a boring person before. I was so in a perfectionist mind state and, you know, doing things for show, for the facade to keep up the image. And now I'm like, we all a hot mess and that's just what y'all going to get. <laughs> you know, that's powerful. That's powerful that you're able to say, you know what, I'm just going to be transparent. What you see is what you get. And that's what we need to we we need to come to grips with that, because God sees all and He knows all, and there's nothing we can hide from Him. So hey, it is what it is. What you see is what you get. But you stand as a testament and a testimony that God can deliver us out of anything when we keep Him first. When we when we cry out to Him and say, God, you got to get me out of this, because a lot of stuff that we're in, God didn't put us in. Some of these fires we put ourselves in. But yeah. God is so gracious and understanding that he pulls us out anyway. So I commend you for being transparent and authentic and letting some let us peek into your a little bit of your story, a little bit of what God delivered you out of. Because, look, on a daily basis and even now, so since this pandemic has been in the land, domestic violence is rampant. Yeah. And you have people that are suffering in silence and we don't need to suffer in silence. There are ways out. There are ways. There are people that are that are there to help. And we need to be able to be in a place where we're able to lend a hand and say, look. And then you need to we need to we need to make it easier for women to say, this is what I'm going through. Not make it so hard for them to be able to share that. Because we we keep up these facades and it's like, you know, where well, you going through that. I ain't never been through it. I ain't never been through nothing. And they feel like they can't talk to anybody. So I right. commend you for being uh, authentic about that and letting people know, yeah, this this is what's happening. I made it out. And because I made it out, I'm reaching back to help somebody else come yeah, out. Of and and, that's, and that's definitely that's the whole reason why I said yes to myself. I had been saying for the last three years, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And in 2020, I started putting my journal and stuff together, piecing things together. And I saw your post in the AM hours. I shouldn't even been on Facebook in any way in the AM hours. And I saw the post and I reached out to you. And um, just like uh, someone was saying earlier, like you reach right back out. And I'm like, what? And so uh, even in my chapter, um, what you were saying is that, you know, to help somebody else, I give three tips of how I actually came out of this situation um, because it, it wasn't on my own strength. It wasn't on my own strength. It was nobody but the Lord. And this was uh, probably the first time ever in life that I chose for myself opposed to 
putting everybody else's opinion ahead of mine. So, yeah. Amen. And that's important as well is to choose for yourself and stop um, putting other people's opinions and what people going to think and what are they going to say about me above your own uh, health and well-being. And I commend you for that. Thank you. Woo-wee. Baby, y'all got me lit up. <laughs> we got one author left over here in the cut. Who is that? None other than Alicia Connolly, all the way from JS, Mississippi. Come to the stage. Yes. yes. And the people who Alicia is up in here. Well, Miss Keatris, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, Lord, why is she leaving me last? I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm ready to go. But what I'm listening say? to these other ladies, and I'm just like, uh, uh, who am I? I am who God says I am. And I'm listening to these other ladies, and there's a piece of each of them within me. I'm, I, I'm relentless as well. I'm an overcomer as well. I, I am strengthened as well. So whatever God needs me to be in that moment, that's who I am. Because every time he uses me, every time he uses me, he said, I need you to be this right now. I need you to be that right now. So even when I was writing this portion of the book, when, when God says, I need you to trust me. So I am a truster. When I, when I wrote, I forged by fire, built God's tub. I am a truster in this season, but in all seasons, I am whoever God says I am and who he needs me to be during that time. What you say up in here, I love it. I am whoever God needs me to be at that time. Girl, you better talk about it. You don't, girl, look at him now. You you done done something over here now, over here in Bassfield, Mississippi. You got me show up over here now. I am who he needs me to be at that time. At that time. Come on through here. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Mm. What made you say yes to this to this project, Alicia? Because someone else's life is attached to what they read concerning not just my story. And, and as I've been sitting here, God says it was important for you to write it for somebody that's attached to you to buy it for them to read somebody else's story. So it ain't even about mine for some of the people that's going to buy. They're going to buy because they connected to me. But they're going to survive because they read in everybody else's. Because in this thing, we cannot be selfish about the deliverance of everybody. So they may purchase it because Alicia said to purchase it and they know Alicia. But they're going to survive because of each and every lady that wrote something in that book. So I just said yes for somebody that's connected to me to survive another day. You yeah, better talk about it. it. Girl, I'm about to holler up in Woo! here. What you Hallelujah. say? Uh, Thank you, Jesus. She said, she said yes, because somebody connected to her going to get the book, and it's connected to that. Jesus. That's mm. what she said. Did y'all mm. hear that? Now, mm. that's what this is about. This was mm. forged by fire, built God. Jesus. Oh, yes. That's what this is about. Jesus. Alicia, you done lit a fire up in him. I'm mm. talking about it's a fire, mm. it's a fire, it's a fire. Mm. Let me let me try to get myself together. Mm. Hey, let me let me try to get myself together. Now your chapter is entitled "When I Learn to Trust mm. the Refiner." Mm -hmm. When talk about it. 
Talk about it. Oh, Lord. There, God can't do what he wants to do unless we trust him. Come on. Because, because he wants to do a work. He can't do a new thing if we still holding on to the old thing because we don't trust him to do a new thing. He can't deliver us if we don't trust him with our deliverance. He can't heal us if we don't trust him for our healing. He can't set us free if we don't trust him enough to set us free. So in that, I had to learn that even though I was let down, like Sister Robin was early, as young folks say, early in the game, I was let down. So when I was let down early in the game, that took years of undoing in order for me to be able to trust God and God has never let me down but I'm trusting I, as my husband was, I'm trusting jokers who let me down all the time you say you're gonna come pick me up or that I can borrow this or that I can have that and you don't come through and yet I trust you but who the person the being that allows me to live move and have my own being I don't trust him I had to get my good right senses and say Alicia you crazy what you say you is crazy what? God has never failed you. Never. You better talk about it. So I had to learn to trust the refiner. And when I learned to trust him, there is hope. Don't they slay me? Yet, yet will I trust them. They talk about me. Yet will I trust them. They don't support us. Yet will we trust him. So therefore, when I learned to trust the refiner, I had to dig deep and say, God, you got me. And I believe you got me. Just like that. You got, got me. He got you. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Whew. Now, I'm going to read a portion of your story. Phew. And it says, seeds of impurities were implanted in mm. my head. Mm-hmm. I began to sink deeper into a pit. Yes, Maybe the trust that I'm searching for can only be found in another woman. God replies, really? Are you that crazy? Maybe it can only be found in marijuana. God replies, you can't get high enough to not know it's my voice in your ear. Maybe it can only be found in alcohol. God replies, ha, huh, yeah, right. I will visit you in your drunken state and still chase you. Maybe it can only be found in these pills and hopefully they'll just take me out. Now this right here, this right here, this, this part right here, God replies, doubt it. The seeds of life, the embedded anointing, the gifts I have imparted in you ah. shall not die until the purpose of which I, the Lord your God, have sent them. They shall come into fruition. God continues. I have allowed them to be born into you and they must come forth. Yes. Instantly, he commanded the consuming fire to burn it all away. You better talk about it. It, and you know what? When I when I hear it, I I I I'm I'm sitting here like Leisha, you I can't believe you even told your business like that. But let me tell you one thing: when God delivered me from people, there's a there's a sermon by Bishop Patterson. He said God saved me twice. He saved me from people, and He saved my soul. 
So when when I wrote that, I said, "What the people gonna say? You are you you a whole first lady, and you talking about what? what you talking about pills, alcohol, marijuana, women? Come on, somebody needs to be delivered." So yes, all those seeds of impurities were planted in me, and I felt that's where I could go to get some relief. And every time, that's why I tell people, God will talk to you just like we talking to each other right now. He, yes, he's, is you crazy? Really? There, You can't get high enough to not hear me. You can't get drunk enough to where I still won't talk to you. And guess what? He did just, whom he loved, he chasing. What you say? And let me tell you, when I surrender, that's why with this book, I became very transparent because I surrender. Lord, you better be careful when you say, Lord, I surrender all because he going to hold you to that. Now, millions of people going to see that I actually did what I told the Lord I was going to do and that was surrender. So when, when those impurities, when that consuming fire came, uh, Prophetess Keatrice, it was just like, woo! And now I look back. Cause I used to be embarrassed about like, like because like those skeletons in my closet, but those skeletons had to come out in order for somebody else to be delivered. So I needed skeletons so that way the color can be snatched off of them. So therefore somebody else can go forth. And when God told me I won't dare let you die, and ain't that some guys that I wouldn't dare let you die? All this, all this anointing I got up in you, all this power I got up in you. I wouldn't dare because his word should not come back void. So everything that he has embedded in me, no matter how many times I tried to kill it, God wouldn't let it die. Wouldn't let it die. Fruition, manifestation is what I am living in. I'm living in the manifestation of everything that was down and embedded. It, it, is, it is cultivated. Me writing it cultivated and it turned it over and it spread it up. So every gift has been stirred up within and i'm walking in it what you say what they say i don't care how they look because when god and my husband said right oh they can say what they want but one thing about it touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm when they curse me it shall come back with a curse when they bless me, it's going to come back with a blessing. So each and every one of the ladies and all those that are even watching, don't worry about it. If you stand in the will of God, if you are truly surrendering and you are telling the stories as God give you the ability and how and when to tell it, let them say and let them do. My steps are ordered. What you say? Did y'all hear that? Her steps are ordered. Somebody say this hot up in here. It's hot up Woo! in here. That's what Forged by Fire Built God Tough is all about. Y'all better get this book in your hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's deliverance in this book. There's transformation in this book. There's transparency and authenticity in this book. There's healing. In I'm telling you, what if you need it, it's in this book. See, this, this is what it's all about. Yes. This is what it's all about. Yes. And when God gave me the task of doing this, I told him, no, I'm just going to be transparent with y'all right now. I said, no, God, I ain't about to do it. I can't do it. I ain't going to. And because I didn't want to mishandle his people. I didn't want to mishandle his project. But when he told me, if you don't, I'm going to body slam you. And see, I understand and know what that means when God say body slam you in the spirit. That yeah. means everything connected to you about to shake. 
And yeah. I didn't want that shaking. So I told God, okay, you're gonna have to you gonna have to lay it out for me. You're gonna have to give me the I'm talking about from A to Z. And I ain't gonna move if you don't say do yes, this. God. Yes, God. And that's what I done. And I handled it the way he wanted me to handle it. And th this is what the result is. That these ladies are number one best-selling authors. We launched the book at 10 o'clock. At 10.05, we was best-sellers. I'm talking about in five minutes. My what phone God. started ringing. And, 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 and Dawn Leak wanted to know, and this is exactly what she said to me, is helpful. How did you come out the gate a best-seller? And I said, what are you talking about? But God. But God. It ain't because I was the visionary. It was because I was obedient to the voice of God. It ain't got nothing to do with me. Come on. It's got everything to do with being obedient to God's voice. Yes, and if y'all don't remember, nothing I ever say to you is you better be obedient to the voice of God. We are living in the last days and he is speaking and he is speaking loudly. And if he tell you to get up and run a marathon, I don't care if you weigh 500 pounds, you better get up and start running. Do you understand me? That's how obedient you are to be in this last and evil day. Because he's speaking loud and clear. And if you can't hear, that's, that, that means you don't move. Because see, he don't move, we move. Yeah. Just like that. That's what happens. We don't, he don't move. We, we the one always moving. But I promise you, if you get in a place in him, and you humble yourself and you listen to his voice, he will direct you. Baby, it may be a hole in the road where you headed, but I promise you and he'll tell you, baby, look, 10 feet up above and two steps to the left is a hole. So you go to the right and you move five feet over and he going to get you around that hole. But you got to be in a place where you can hear his voice. You have got to be, and not man's voice. And you can't yield to man's voice. You better be able to hear God's voice and you be able to hear it for yourself. But this is what this is about. Transparent so people's lives can be saved. We come here to snatch souls out of hell. We ain't playing. This is about snatching souls out of hell and saving people's lives. People out here hurting and, and wounded, broke, busted, and disgusted. And we kingdom people are supposed to be a light unto them. Where we at? Where we at? What we doing? What we doing? Whatever God tells you to do for his kingdom, that's what you better be doing right about now. Ladies, I have enjoyed every bit of this conversation. Now, I'm going back around, and I'm going to ask each one of y'all, starting with Alicia, to tell the people how they can get in touch with you, baby. You can get in touch with me via Facebook, Alicia Connolly, spelled just like my name is displayed right now, Alicia Connolly at Facebook. Once you reach out to me through there, you can find me everywhere else. So just Alicia Connolly at Facebook, and we will go from there. Thank you again, Providence Keepers. Keep up the good work for the kingdom. Thank you, baby, for saying yes. Miss Taisha Brewer-Fields, tell the people how they can get in touch with you. I am on Facebook as Taisha Alexis, on Instagram as Ty underscore Alexis. Thank you, Taisha, for saying Thank yes to you. you and saying yes to yourself and saying Thank yes you, to God. Thank you so much. Miss <laughs> Robin Goff, tell the people how they can get in touch with you.
Okay, I was trying to get my mic unmuted. But you can get in touch with me on Facebook through, um, I'm listed as Robin Goff on Facebook. Instagram, I am Robin A. Goff. And also you can reach me through email, medulamama at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Robin, for saying yes to yourself and saying yes to God and being a part of this project. Mr. Lisa Dennis Manaway, tell the people how they can get in touch with you. Manaway? Oh. You good? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, you can reach me on Facebook um, with Talisa. My um, username is Talisa Dennis Manaway on Instagram at tmanaway95. And my email is t manaway96 at gmail.com thank you so much to lisa dennis manaway for saying yes to you saying yes to god and i am elated that i got to know you through this project girl you better keep on shining <laughs> thank you <laughs> miss nicole r dudley tell the people how they can get in touch with you all right so you can get in touch with me via Facebook at Nicole R. Dudley, or you can also reach out to me with my ministry group, which is my sister's keeper. So those are the two ways you can reach me. Thank you so much, Nicole, for saying yes to you, saying yes to God. And I am honored that you allowed me to walk with you through this journey. Ms. Talise Carraway, tell the people how they can get in touch with you. You can reach me at Talise Caraway on Facebook. Just my first and last name, Talise Caraway. Um, Gmail, Talise at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Miss Talise Caraway, for saying yes to you, for saying yes to God, and for allowing me to walk with you on this journey. Each and every one of you have touched my heart in ways that you would never even understand. This has been transformative for me as well as you. I am honored. I am overjoyed. I've been on this emotional roller coaster for, I just don't even know. My daughter's like, mama, you crying again? I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm gone again. Because <laughs> I've never been a crier, but God is doing something in this season. And it is absolutely amazing. And I am, I'm just, I'm just overjoyed. I'm grateful to Facebook, to the people who, who logged on to Facebook, YouTube, however you're watching. I'm grateful that you guys um, spent some time with us on this evening, Spinning Fire with Keatris, the virtual book launch of Forged by Fire, Built God Tough. This is series number one. We'll be back here same time, 6-8-2021 with the next set of authors, you're going to want to join in. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be some more transparent, authentic conversations that's going to transform your lives. We love you all. Y'all have a blessed night. Peace out.